So I know most of us have been working uh, from home, uh, if if we're lucky, if that's your preference, yeah, um, even in the midst of uh, COVID and after COVID and I guess back into COVID. Um, but I actually had to go into the office a couple times last week just to meet up with my boss and discuss some things. And because my car has been sitting outside for so long unused i had to i had to like do a a power wash of like some windshield wiper fluid on the front just so i could get to work and then uh on the way back i was like you know i'm just gonna i I need to like take care of this i drove through uh one of those little uh robotic car washes that's attached to the gas station and there was a line of like seven cars like there were a bunch of us sitting there and I was like is this time worth it because it's gonna be like five to six minutes per wash and I'm like all right whatever I'll just do it so I did it I go through I do the like super mega deluxe ultra whatever adjectives (laughs) they slap on the $14 car wash Um, and I get out and I get home and I get out of the car and it's still dirty. <laughs> like there was so much dust and dirt on my car that they basically, I think the wash just got like the top layer of it. <laughs> but like yeah. the bottom three layers were still just caked on there. I'm like, oh man, either I have to find a place to like do it myself or I just got to like pony up the, the 25 bucks and go take it to like a, a hand car wash or yeah, something. Yeah, I need, uh, my car is still filthy from that. It's filthy from going down to the beach for some surf therapy events. It's filthy from having to park in the dirt part of the parking lot at work. There's only pavement so far out. Uh, and yeah, I'm going to need to take it to like the deluxe car wash from the movie car wash where I can have them like do it by hand, you know. It has been forever. I mean, I think I was a little when I, I just remember a lot of cool movies, but I've never I love to go back and watch that. Yeah, I've never I've never seen that movie. What? I didn't even know it was a movie. I've never heard of this movie. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my gosh. You mean like the working at the car wash song? Is yes, it from I know that the song. Car wash song. I love the yes, that's the whole yes. Oh, oh my god, I love that song. The greatest thing ever was a friend of mine. We went into one of those gas station car washes in his car and he popped on that song for me and it was like the greatest moment of my life i was like this i've always wanted this (laughs) so yeah i like that movie but well i i guess it's on my list My name's Elisa Gonzalez, and I have not seen Car Wash. I'm Andrew Lindy, and I had not seen Car Wash. I'm Bethany Brinton, and I have not seen Car Wash. I'm Cheryl Jones, and I have seen Car Wash many, many times. And I'm Joe Myers, and I also had not seen Car Wash. And this is It's On My List. I think I have seen the 
the car wash that they used in this movie a couple times. Like I usually don't make my way over there that much, well, but when not, I do, it's it's got that like old. It's not lo- there almost anymore. Almost like fifties looking. Oh, it's, it's not, not. No, it's right by uh, Dynasty Typewriter, the, the theater that we all love to go to yeah. in downtown LA. It's a couple blocks yeah. away. There's a subway there that Elisa and I have had a, I, yep. a quick meal at. Uh, when going to Dynasty, and uh, yeah, it's just a strip mall now. So the space uh, is still there, most of okay. it. Okay. And everything around it looks the same according to Google Maps when I was studiously looking for oh, yeah, places to go take pictures. The apartment building across the street that you see a lot is still there. Um, it, across the street in the movie, there's a place called Al's 24-Hour Diner that yeah. I don't think is there no. now. No, it's not. But there is like a little market kind of thing for their inn that's there still. But So yeah, a lot of it's changed, but, the, but in essence, the corner still looks much the same. And I had wanted to go to that corner for the longest time. Like I knew it was 6th and Rampart, that, but I yeah. didn't know really where that was in LA or anything and then one time I was with a friend and and I was driving us to Dynasty Typewriter and Google Maps had me go you know up the freeway get off at Rampart and I started thinking oh yeah Rampart's where that car wash is you know like not really (laughs) thinking about it and then we stopped at a stoplight and all of a sudden I went this is it this is it (laughs) because we were right at the corner and I realized that's where it was and I was like so excited and then the times that I've gone over to that subway, I'm like, I'm eating inside the car wash. <laughs> like, I think I do so know where you're talking about, though, Bethany, because that's if it's the same one and it's somewhere kind of da- out that way, like yeah. going toward downtown L.A., that was my thought, too, was, oh, I know where that is. And then quickly I'm like, oh, no, I don't. Because it looks very it looks very similar, if not oh. the same, like same color scheme, same like those those like oh, raised I, like triangles. I check <laughs> that one out then. Yeah. Because yeah. I Good thought, substitute. What I thought was really cool was this time pay, paying attention to the very beginning as you kind of pan across downtown L.A. and stuff uh, in 1976. So it's all like no yeah, building no, it looks all smoggy and gross. But yeah, but it, it pans for a second. I thought the camera was literally on top of the building where Dynasty is now. But I realized it was actually over a ways. But it pans past this building that's like a I don't know what it is I keep thinking it's a school but I don't think it is but it's got these big figures on the side and I'm like Mm. oh look it panned right past those and so it kind of was panning like the block where I park to go to Dynasty okay all right yeah I was like oh it's so cool (laughs) so Cheryl you love this movie (laughs) <laughs> yes, and uh, I was eight years old when this movie came out. I don't think we saw it in the theater. I can't imagine any reason why we would have. Um, but So I think I probably have just always seen it on television. And my relationship to the movie, my opinion of it, and my understanding of parts of it has changed over the years. So it's <laughs> I been would really, imagine. Yeah, it's been really interesting to me, like as a kid, I just loved it because it was funny and weird and, you know, I don't know, it just was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like after college, I was doing just sort of some broad reading of philosophies and whatnot. And so I read the autobiography of Malcolm X. And then the next time I happened to watch the movie, like the Abdullah character, Dwayne or Abdullah, mm-hmm. he always, when I was a kid, he scared me because I just didn't know what his <laughs> deal was, right? Because he was just an angry, angry man and I was frightened of him. And then after reading the autobiography of Malcolm X, I was like, oh, okay, I totally get this character now. Mm-hmm. He, it, he's he's just in that that movement, uh, you know, in, in of 
Islam and and following Malcolm X, which of course there's a photo of Malcolm X in his locker, you know, yeah. like and <laughs> and so I understood why he wanted to be called Abdullah and why that meant so much to him and why he was so angry. Like, oh, okay, I get it. So that kind of I was like, oh, this movie actually was trying to make at least some kind of social point, I guess. Uh, and then watching it this time, uh, it changed again for me because I really paid attention to the fact that it was written by Joel Schumacher. Which, <laughs> which blew my mind. It was like the last time I watched it that I actually noticed that and was like, what? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but then this time I thought, okay, so here's a white cisgender heterosexual man writing a movie that's almost entirely about people of color lgbtq you know like and i was actually paying more attention to that this time and going yeah there's a lot that just isn't right in this <laughs> so uh yeah I, I i still love the movie but i felt a little worse about it uh this time if that makes sense yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I literally thought, oh, my God, they're all going to hate this movie because they're watching it today. <laughs> and I can't blame them. They're absolutely I, right. I do enjoy that, we, you know, this we started this discussion on the idea of, like, where is this car wash and how interesting <laughs> it is to see what this area looked like in 1976. Yeah. I, I think having a, a such a strong sense of location like that, this movie is about... The car wash. It is one day at the car wash. Yes. Yep. yes. Every single person that works there, every single person that arrives and gets their car washed or is there for any reason at all is a part of this movie. And it's, you know, it has that, the broad comedy of that where we're going to get yeah. a lot of different comedic beats. Yes. But also, like you're saying, Cheryl, it's a product of 1976. So yeah, a absolutely. lot of those comedic beats are either... Um, well, they're either just not funny today, right. or they're only funny to a small group of people who are r racist or sexist or homophobic <laughs> or something. Still so living back in that time. I, yeah. I do need to jump in and back up. Uh, Joel Schumacher was definitely gay. He was either oh, gay or I, bisexual, I from okay. what? Yeah, I no yeah, idea. he was bisexual when he was younger, but he identified, okay. as far as I'm aware, as gay uh, by the time he well, had passed away. Oh well, thank you, because I had no clue about him, so but, I just I mean, made an assumption, you know. <laughs> yeah, that is. Which is that is definitely. Um, I do think the Schumacher thing is so interesting because he had written. Uh, he had according according to what I had found, he got the job on Car Wash because he had written Sparkle. I've what heard, which of was it. a musical based on the Supremes, not about the Supremes, oh, okay. based on them. Oh. <laughs> okay. And oh. uh, so that is how he got the Car Wash job, and it was originally also supposed to be more of a musical, but in the end, mm. it's only a few music numbers and more of a comedy. Yes, but, yes. Yeah, so, and, and I mean, if you look at, I mean, Schumacher's done some really, he's done a wide variety of films as a director. Yeah. Uh, writing is, you know, a little more sparse, but it is, it's just, it's it is still strange though. that he wrote Car Wash. Yes. Yeah, like, mm -hmm. he did Car Wash. I had no idea he wrote The Wiz, and I definitely didn't oh, wow. know he did, wow. uh, he wrote San Almost Fire. Wow, I also did not know these things. What a wide-ranging <laughs> resume. Right? But at the, same time, oh, uh, at the same time, you know, to have a, a, a fairly mainstream movie in 1976 with such a, a cast full of people of color, uh, it seems like it was pretty unusual at the time to me, 
you know, as far as I remember. And there were other movies, but... With the exception of maybe, like, Richard Pryor right, showing up. Right, right. That's but, what but I was he's, thinking he's of. not at all, like, the main character of right, this movie. Right, but, like, Richard Pryor had movies, you know, in the air yeah. and stuff. But but to have something like this with, with such a, you know, a POC-heavy cast, I think was kind of unusual for something that, you know... And I don't know how well it did. I didn't even look that up, whether it did well at the box office or not, or how who was going to see it, you know, in the theater... Like I said, I think I only ever saw it on television, but, you know, but I think it was interesting for me as a kid to see that, you know, where I didn't yeah. see a lot of movies like that. I seem to remember back that I remember people talking about it. So at least in, in my little kid's mind, you know, I, I was <laughs> aware of it probably because the music was big on the radio. Yeah, that, that title song, Car Wash, that, was huge. Yeah. 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 I do like how the uh, the radio station is kind of the through line yes. in the movie. And and I'm going to admit right now that I haven't seen American Graffiti, but I own what? I own an album that has like all of the American Graffiti songs on it and mm-hmm. like the the DJ from what I understand is like a big character in that movie as well. Yeah, wasn't it? And so wasn't you, it Wolfman Wolf, Jack? Wolfman Jack. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, this and so one... I I like that concept of just kind of having the one thing yeah. constantly going in the background. Um, that that helps you stitch like one scene to the next, right? And and one of the DJs, apparently, all of the people who void do the voiceover as the DJs were actual DJs. One of them is JJ Jackson, who I know at least Elisa will remember from MTV, uh, oh, or yeah. theoretically remember. Yeah, because he was a big a big MTV VJ star. Yeah, very famous. But uh, it's cool to hear him. Uh, but and then I mean like the cast is full of kind of a I mean uh, Bill Duke is the one who plays Dwayne Abdullah and he's done, he did you know a million movies Franklin Ajay Otis Day who was in right. Animal House right As, <laughs> uh, the Pointer Sisters Richard Pryor makes an appearance yes um, George Carlin George Carlin Garrett Morris is in it Professor Irwin Corey who used to be a thing. Uh, Lorraine Gary from Jaws. Uh, right. I didn't realize that was her until I was like, like when I saw her talking to the oh, crowd, I'm like, oh my God. Okay. That's yeah. the mom from Jaws. Uh, this Melanie, is like a, it's a who's who of it's on my list. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Melanie Mayron was a, a big name for quite a while. Um, uh, Pepe Serna, who I adore from Buckaroo Banzai. He played Reno in Buckaroo Banzai. So he's my favorite in this movie. Darrow, I guess, was quite a name for a while. Like, there's just a ton of people in this. And then looking at IMDb, it said there were deleted scenes with Brooke Adams and Danny DeVito. Yeah. And I've never what? heard that before, but I was like, yeah. okay, I really need from, to see those. From what I've read, it's the it was some of the early TV versions of Car Wash used oh. those scenes instead of some of the more... Oh, um, and rather than, like, overdubbing. Yeah, well, Lindy. And there a is a, there is a thing, there is a scene... Uh, that was not I, I watched it on Amazon Prime and there was a scene missing from what I'm used to seeing like I literally got to the end of the movie and went wait and I had I rewound it to make sure I hadn't just zoned out for a second and missed this one short scene what's the scene but it's it's right near the end when Melanie Mayron's character uh, Marsha who works at the car wash 
when she's like you see a scene of her like trying to get everything together and the and and uh the other guy Lonnie I think comes in and says hey I'll take over and she's like thanks I've got a date you know because this really handsome guy has come in earlier uh to get a car wash and he kind of asked her out like I'll be here at six I'll pick you up you know so she's super excited she's been doing her makeup and everything and she goes running Mm -hmm. out and that's the end of her in the movie in this version but in apparently the TV version, because that's what I've seen so many times, She, you see her go outside to the car, and that handsome guy is driving, and he's got a date, and there's this weird-looking guy in that. the back seat. Yeah, and she's like, oh, oh, and she gets in the car, but she's, like, really sad and disappointed. But I'm like, yeah. wow, why? I didn't know that wasn't in, like, the hmm. theatrical version. Yeah, because it wow. seems like kind of everybody in the movie has a sort of not so happy ending couple people have a happy ending but you know so i was kind of like wait where did her sad ending go (laughs) (laughs) so uh yeah i was really surprised by that well i gotta say from my end seeing it for the first time now is kind of like finding out that richard linkletter's filmography and kevin smith's filmography Uh had a distant relative Uh that hung out with joel schumacher in the 70s (laughs) yeah i immediately thought of uh dazed and confused yeah dazed and confused and clerks the the first two films i thought of and i really (laughs) like this movie like i love hangout movies and i like movies where you just I, i don't really need a plot i saw a lot of people uh online talking about how the, this movie's plotless and to a point yeah but there's also a lot of this fairly deep when you start looking at the individual little vignettes yes. that they do yeah like you've got lonnie's character ivan dixon who i loved as a kid from hogan's heroes um like his through line and the fact that like he's a struggling dad with two kids that just is working a job working his tail off at a job and not getting paid enough like that's still a through line to today for people Right. Then you've got Lindy's whole story, too, that like to me was a, that must have been a big deal in 76. Uh, yes. yeah. Antonio Fargus is that character. Uh, I will also say, though, it's funny to me that and I understand why they do it, that, that Richard Pryor and George Carlin are the first two names that people throw off when they yep. talk about this movie. Yet they share maybe 10 minutes of screen time. Right. Total. Right. But everyone else, like we were saying earlier, like I spent the entire movie going, I know who that is. Where do I know them from? And going, oh, they were in 18 different movies I loved as a kid or all these right. different television shows I enjoyed as a, a kid. So it, it was a blast. I, I really did enjoy this film. I'm really glad. I was so worried all of you were going to just absolutely despise it just because it's really so out of date in its approach to things, you know. But I'm there's, glad at least there's a lot of like things. It. There's a lot of things that are like, <laughs> Kind of progressive, especially with yeah. Cindy, who's a you know, uh, I don't know transgender, but they refer to that character as, and the yes, the other yes. workers there are totally cool with it. I mean, they do throw out some you know, slurs and stuff, but but, yeah. but they're, they're all abused. like clearly they're friends never, and hanging yeah, out. Yeah, and I that was so very cool to see. But that brings us to my favorite line in the whole movie, though, is like the only one who really <laughs> gives Lindy any sort of grief is Abdullah in that one part where he does throw out that oh, yeah. one word. And without missing a beat, even though it is kind of like a jokey situation, uh, when Lindy looks him right in the eyes, like I'm more man than you'll ever be and more woman than you'll ever get. Like that line was yes. just like, yes. oh, man. <laughs> and it was delivered so well. good. So good. <laughs> There's another... Uh, a comedic thing that I really enjoyed throughout the film 
which was that um, TC is trying to win the radio contest. <laughs> that was funny. right. Every single time he's like, I know every song. I can I can do this. And the radio is like, here's your chance. And he has to run to the, <laughs> the, to the phone, phone booth and have to fight whoever's in there or just not be quite didn't have right a dime time. the first yeah. time yeah it's like don't tell me i don't have a dime ah uh, for a cell phone right uh. i remember doing that i remember yep. listening to the radio and trying to call and oh absolutely <laughs> your brother's on the phone and- <laughs> <laughs> if there's anyone like this? halfway young right now they're like what's a radio station <laughs> oh no come on i still, oh, I still no. listen to the radio i'm so old <laughs> radio is still pretty big. it's it's uh not to go on too deep of a tangent but i remember some like music supervisors like uh talk i went to and and somebody asked that question like uh, are radio stations going out of business what's going on they're just like no we still find a decent amount of new songs from radio yeah and the main reason is when you get in your car because it's like yeah you yeah. can listen to spotify and stuff but like ah, oh, you got to open your phone you got to set it up you got to pick something most people just turn on the radio and drive it's like yeah yeah Sometimes I don't feel like plugging because I, I still I have to like plug in my yeah. iPod and, you know, and then pick the playlist and stuff. And sometimes I don't want to mess with that. So I'm like, I'm just driving a short way. I'm just going to listen to the radio. And when I'm getting ready for work, I just put on the radio yeah. in the bathroom. Yeah. And, you know, I listen. To, it's a public radio station that's really great. And I finally just gave them some money, too. So I feel better about myself now. Uh, <laughs> right. Get your free tote bag. <laughs> become, no. Oh, yeah. I get a backpack, beach <laughs> towel. What I did, yeah. I got the level to get the whole summer package. It's really great. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> but these things called podcasts that I ne- have a never right? ending supply of. So I never really listen to the radio except for <laughs> a rare occasion. If I have a yeah. very long commute, like to LA in traffic, then I can throw on a podcast because like, I feel like I need to get all the way through it, you know. But yeah, the, the music in this movie was awesome. <laughs> yes, I do have the I do have the CD of the soundtrack, of course. Nice. So. I think I'm going to get it. That, that was so just fun. For- it's just like a summer yeah just for the car wash song and the i think it's called i want to get next to you yeah Uh, oh yeah those two songs it's totally worth it kind kind of speaking to what uh joe was saying where it's like very much like clerks and dazed and confused it's like if anybody has worked a minimum wage job Mm -hmm. with a bunch of weirdos that you're never gonna see again well i'm not (laughs) doing that right now where you <laughs> like where a- <laughs> you work like maybe 40% of the time and you just goof around the other 60% of the time like this this is that movie <laughs> there's always room for fun at work you know they've, they've shown us this <laughs> my favorite bit cuz i mean yeah the 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 whole most of the movie i would say like other other than the like quick little deep character dives they do is just like the ensemble messing around and like yeah. messing with other people and one of my favorite parts is when the the boss tries to change the radio station because yes. his, his, his front desk woman is just like, why don't you put something else on if you're complaining about the music? He's like, watch. And he turns it to a classical station and they all start complaining and then they all start washing the cars in slow motion Yeah, <laughs> until he turns it back to the, uh, the, the good station. What, there was, there's one little moment that like makes me laugh out loud every time. It's just such a, a classic, like, physical comedy moment that you've seen in a million things but it's uh it's when tc and uh hippo are they think that they have identified (laughs) the the mad bomber who's going around the pop i'm sorry the pop bottle bomber 
because uh, this guy's at the station and he's took a pop bottle from one of them and then went in the bathroom and he came out and it had foil on top, which is what the radio has occasionally been saying this guy's been doing. He like blew up someplace in Anaheim and, you know, and so they think it's him. So they're following him and they get a little bit ahead of him at one point. And he walks past them like they're spying on him. And he walks past and looks at them. And so to cover it up, they just start slow dancing. And I'm like, that's such a yeah. stupid classic it's comedy so thing. good. And it works every time for me. I just laugh. <laughs> that whole setup was great. And the payoff yeah. was oh, yeah. like the minute that bottle went up in the air and it came out of the bag. I'm like, oh, my God, I know what that is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah I've always loved that whole Professor Irwin Corey part of it. <laughs> The other bit I love, though, is the dog going to the bathroom at the car wash and the, the guy <laughs> Earl who thinks he's so above everyone else because he doesn't get wet. Right. It's just like, <laughs> clean this up. And they keep passing it off. And then the it kind of goes away. And then the end. I knew that was coming back around. I was hoping. So I'm like, you can't show the dog poop and then like not use it. Like, yeah, there's a rule about this. I know it. Especially if it's like in a box. <laughs> right. in, the, yeah. in the bakery box. Yeah. Chekhov's dog poop. Well, and when he, when he first shows up at the beginning, I almost thought he was like the manager or the owner because he comes into the locker room in like a suit and he's like yelling at everybody. Right. But then, yeah, as you watch the movie, you're like, oh, no, he's just, he just thinks he's like high and mighty. <laughs> he's not opening and closing. He doesn't own the place. He just does wax or whatever. Right. <laughs> well, and he says, to, he says to the, to one guy who he like tries to sell this guy on the wax job. He does sell him on oh, it because yeah. the guy takes a taxi away. And he's like, just, just six hours. I'm like, six yeah. hours. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh my god! I'm like getting a six-hour wax job on my car. Most of the cars that that came through though were like pretty cool '70s cars. Yeah, <laughs> like they all looked quite nice. Well, and there was one. There was one shot that made me wonder if it had been that deleted scene with Danny DeVito and Brooke Adams, where because there's just you just see part of a car at like there's a scene going on and somebody's pulling the car around and you just see a little bit of the top of the car. And I never noticed before. It's like totally beaten up. It's like a, a convertible and like part of the roof is all torn and everything. And I'm like, it seems like there was probably something that had to do with that car. Like, why does it look like that when none of the others do? But mm. I don't know what that was. You never see it again. There was one, I mean, there's probably a couple continuity things that, Oh, I'm sure that I, I had to like double take it. But there, there was one scene and what, what I think happened was they're like, all right, let's film a bunch of these like just characters coming in and, wa and they're, they're washing their cars and interacting with them or something. I think it was the one with the uh, the guy in like in traction in the passenger seat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but whoever comes up to the car first says like, oh, how are you doing this morning? And it was like two thirds of the way through the movie. I'm like, they've already had lunch. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I do that a lot. I never even yeah. noticed that before. <laughs> there might have been a couple other. Th oh, I, I think the only other thing was at the very beginning there was some really rough ADR, but I'm like, it's the 70s. Oh, there whatever. is throughout. Yeah, there's a lot of you know you can very much tell it was recorded later. Oh yeah, dialogue. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're standing next to like steam-powered hoses and stuff, right. so like right. it's it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I just yeah. go ahead. Ah, 70s. It's on my list. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Cheryl. You've heard me on It's On My List, but have you heard me on my long-running show, Movies Made Me? Every two weeks, I sit down with a guest who shares the five movies that made them who they are. 
We also go beyond movies to talk about three other things that influence them to be them. You'll hear from everyone from a coffee shop waitress to Clancy Brown as we delve into the movies that shaped our philosophies, careers, and lives. Hear it on mmmpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. But we have, so we have a photo, though, of the really handsome guy who came in and asked uh, Marsha out. Uh, right. And Danny DeVito's in the background walking Running away. Running away in the back. Like, yeah, so I, that's, like, what... Well, was, is that, is that him a, or was that the dog. guy behind him at the counter? Because there's a kind of DeVito-shaped guy behind That's the Danny handsome DeVito. guy at the counter. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not the guy. In the, the Danny DeVito-shaped guy is DeVito Danny DeVito. <laughs> we all try and fill the Danny DeVito-shaped hole in our hearts. Shaped hearts. hole in our <laughs> <laughs> So nice. what I read is there's the, a... Oh, go ahead. It's the dumbest joke. Don't do it. Now you have to do it. <laughs> if you watched Space Jam, A New Legacy, you definitely saw a Danny DeVito-shaped oh. hole in the guy who was dressed as his penguin character from uh, Batman Returns. No. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That movie's not good. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it. But for different before. reasons than Car Wash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what I read, I, I was curious to where was, was he because I heard that there were cut scenes and... Yeah. I guess there there was an ongoing thing with the and you can see on the the wall there it says sandwiches so I guess he owned or worked that little uh, sandwich oh, shop across okay. the way and there was some interactions with them back and forth and oh. I think the girl um, who was in George Carlin's car I think yes. she spends yes. most of the time sitting at that place but they just kind of right. edited it around it yeah so. yeah huh that makes sense uh, yeah I like I really like her in the movie. <laughs> I don't know why she doesn't but... do that much, or she doesn't no, say that much. I she guess she doesn't. It's just you have this whole thing of her. You know, she's obviously a a, a prostitute and sex uh, yeah, sex worker. Sorry, and uh, and you know, she's in George Carlin's cab. She's been asleep while he's just been talking his head off about how good a person he is for picking people like her up yes. and and how much he trusts her, and then she sees how much it's going to cost at that point, and and she doesn't have the money, so she skips out on the on him yes you know? and then the whole thing is her like she's in the bathroom a lot of the time just changing her entire look uh uh while he's still you know he comes back later looking for actually asks her if she's seen this woman you know and she's like mm, yeah, no yeah, she's, wearing a, she's, she's changed different wigs yeah so, yes. her so he's looking for a blonde different. woman yeah, yeah. <laughs> and no longer wearing those like giant red boots yes which were pretty cool because oh, yeah. they were sparkly on the bottom, and you know I like. Everybody's that. shoes in this movie were like yeah. awesome. Pretty cool. <laughs> oh man, I was loving all the hats. Like I love those style of hats. Yes. I was all in the, the cowboy. The, oh god, the cowboy guy. His <laughs> running story and the out a payoff bit. when his girlfriend. Oh, I I knew that payoff was coming. I, yeah. I had forgotten about that whole thing, and then she pulls up and it's all smiles. I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> Something's wrong. Dumping his suitcase out on him is so good. I love when he's on the phone at the beginning and he's like, I'd like to inquire about a, a social disease. I'm like, is that what you call it? <laughs> Socially then. transmitted disease. Right. <laughs> uh, well, I just found it one thing I was like, oh, it's interesting. You like that you have the whole thing between uh, Chuko, Pepe Cerna's character. 
And uh, hold on, I'm looking for his name here. It's on my list here. Oh, yeah, it's on my list. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, Goody was that? Yes, Goody. Yes, the hat um, guy. Yes, mm -hmm. the hat guy. He had like this pig hat. Yeah. So and Pepe uses the pig hat. Chuko uses the pig hat to like scare Marsha in the bathroom and everything and then puts it, gives it back. So she thinks it was him and she dumps water on the, on the Goody. Uh, you know, like, how dare you, whatever. So then he, they have a whole back and forth thing. And then he gets even with Chuko by putting all these super hot peppers in his sandwich at lunch. But I thought, does he just walk around with this bottle of peppers in his pocket? I don't... It looked very uh, clearly placed <laughs> on whatever lunch bench they were sitting on. Well, well he, he had stole it, it from across the street. Oh, did he? Okay. Oh, he, oh. Yeah, yeah. there's a scene when that. they all go to lunch across the street. He walks oh, in there, and, yeah. and when the guy's flipping the butter on the ceiling and making it butter stick, he oh. just kind of looks over and grabs it and slips I, it in his pocket. I don't think I've ever seen him because I've been so focused on the butter pets. I haven't. Yeah. <laughs> well, now I need to watch it again. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually mad at myself Funny. that I only rented it and didn't buy it. <laughs> I have it on I own it on DVD and still paid to rent it on, on Amazon <laughs> rather than trying to figure out how to watch a DVD nice. in my house right now because I don't have any working players but right I right. think my it old computer might play it but I don't know so anyway but uh, but yeah it's wow. worth a they buy. say physical media is the way to go and then you <laughs> Well, I need to buy. You can't play. You can't. It. You can't get a current computer for any decent price with a DVD player in it anymore. Yeah. So, I have right, to. I need right. to buy an external one and just haven't done it. But because uh, I have another movie I need to watch for a different podcast soon, and I'm like, okay, I'll. Yeah, you can get like a USB one for like a couple bucks. I, <laughs> I think there's only like two podcasts, and we're one of them. But it's just going to <laughs> Don't worry. The other one's it's Joe just... Rogan, right? It's Joe Rogan and us. That's oh, it. Uh, definitely. Thought... Be on that. <laughs> you're you're going to be on. It's also on my list. Podcast. I have a list too. No. I brought him up earlier, but I, I do want to talk about Richard Pryor showing yes. up as Daddy yes. Rich. That was funny because I love the fact that he's playing this sort of evangelical preacher guy who flat out's just like, yeah, no, give me your money. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's no pretenses to salvation, yeah, no... but I'll give you salvation, but give me your money. Right. <laughs> I, I, well, as soon as I saw the license plate that said tithe, I'm like, yes. <laughs> Here we go. Well, his name is Daddy Rich. You can't... Daddy Rich! <laughs> this movie, I'll, I'll say, I mean, the I like the Richard Pryor segment for sure, but this yeah. movie is is not subtle. It's no. Very, no, 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 no. The, the all of the jokes are really over the top, and yeah, the, yeah. The, the like the element of parody of real life of situations going on in the world is so extreme. There's things that they say on the radio that are the most bizarre, strange things that are cancer just, cures smoking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was. I was like, wait. <laughs> That was that that was kind of radio at the time. I yeah, think it was. It really was. <laughs> that was, it was that kitschy radio. We're yep. radio DJs, you know, kind of. Yes. Thing. <laughs> Especially AM radio was really yes. out there. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the whole like the the Beverly Hills woman or whatever that whole scene. Yes, great, Gary. Yeah. <laughs> that whole scene is gross. Well, and then that, but the the punchline there is that he, he he's going to throw up and then she's trying to take him into the women's room. Yes. As the mother. Yeah. And the son 
as soon as the door opens, it goes, I'm not going in there. It's the ladies' room. It's the ladies' room. <laughs> so I have to ask, Andrew, did you like this one? Because you had I, talked about Space Jam and you're like, yeah, it wasn't good. Either. But for different reasons than this. Yeah, for di- yeah. <laughs> I um no, I'm sorry to say I did not care for this. I oh, um, okay. I can't I can't fault you for that. I really I, can't. Yeah. I definitely think I mean and it's so I, I'm trying to, you know, wrap my head around it because we have watched other films um from different eras where they have things that they reference or that they do that right. are just not done today like you would really they're really either frowned upon or it's just as i said the things that are uh sexist racist homophobic those kinds of things right and i i just think you know as much as uh, joe i'll agree with you i i like a hangout movie i like a movie where it's kind of like just get you in the mood put you in a place and and see what happens but i just felt like so many characters in this were um you know like really unpleasant like I just couldn't you know as much as some of their things were funny or some different scenes were funny there's so many different characters I I have to admit I did think several parts were very funny but there was several parts you know like Cheryl as you described the part where uh, Chuko borrows uh, Goody's hat yeah to um, spy on the woman in the bathroom and and scare her, and then she would go and attack Goody. Right. I was like, oh, this is really these characters are really disgusting. I don't <laughs> like, like I can't find myself, yes. you know, enjoying their 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 folly and their humor because I'm just like, oh, this is these are horrible people. Like I cannot <laughs> laugh along with that. And then even I mean, as much as by the end of the film, the the character of Lindy, you know, we we see this. Uh, you know, they become this very full character where, as we said, you know, they are a part of the car wash, even though at times, you know, a slur is used, they will speak up and things will happen like that. It just Mm -hmm. feels so disconnected from, you know, anything that I could call progressive. Like, if anything, it's accidentally progressive in a way, where it's, I don't think that was, their intention was for it to be funny, that this is a man who is gay wearing a wig and makeup. And, right. you know, and you laugh at if, yeah, in I, the I, 70s, and, and, yeah. And I can't speak to that even as, you know, as a, as a cisgender male. Like, it is just, like, I can't even speak to that as, like, is that even, you know, an interesting angle to come at this from? Is this even, you know, something that could help people understand people like that? I, I don't know. So it kind of, you know, that made me very uncomfortable. Well, I do like the, um, the, the other through line, as, as we said, with Abdullah... And Lonnie, I like kind of the way that that ends up because that feels very like earnest, yeah. in a way. Um, and and it is of the time, but I feel like it's of the time in a way that is like very interesting, rather than kind of like toxic. <laughs> right. Uh, well, and it is. So, yeah. it's, it's very seventies. It's very much you know, like you had Three's Company on at the time, where mm-hmm. the whole joke was this straight guy is pretending to be gay. So he can live in this apartment with these two women and they won't kick him out. You know, the, the manager won't kick him out. And it, I mean, it was very much a time in the 70s where all of entertainment was making those jokes. And it wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. It was never okay. But we all were just there at that time, right? Like, oh, ha, ha, ha. You know, now we have learned more. I you know there's still entertainment that does it but we all know now like wow that's really not okay you know but at the time we were just people just weren't 
socially aware enough yet. We should have been, but we weren't, you know. And so this kind of thing was like, oh, yeah, that's funny. That's okay, you know. And nobody thought about what that was doing to people who were, you know, transgender or or anything, you know, like. So, yeah, looking at it, and that's why I say, like, looking at it now, watching it this time, I was like, oh, yeah, no, there's a lot that's just, not, it's not okay in this movie by Yeah, I even think there's, there's yeah. um, like, small, subtle things, too, that maybe, you know, uh, people today watching wouldn't even catch on that it was meant to be a racial stereotype, but it's just such a, a weird thing. Like, the, I believe they make a reference that, Goody, who is a Native American, mm -hmm. is an alcoholic, and that was a very oh, sure, common yeah. stereotype yeah. for for Native Americans at that time, where that would appear in all kinds of media. Yes, and it's kind of like just being so like not even part of a joke in this movie. It's just part of that character. It just right. feels kind of uh, gross to me in that kind of way. Yeah, but I do. I mean, I'm not going to say I didn't find some enjoyment in this movie, but I just think overall, I. I, I wouldn't watch it again, sorry. Well, yeah, and I mean, obviously, the thing for me is having watched it from, you know, age eight-ish on, like, yeah, mm -hmm. I loved it then because it just, as a kid, well, this is just fun and silly, and I don't, you know, I don't see any of this, right? <laughs> so mm -hmm. not thinking about it, and because I was watching it in the 70s and the 80s, it just didn't even occur to me, you know? Like, oh, yeah, it's fine. This is all good. Ha, 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 funny people. And then, yeah, and then kind of, but also the fact that I was frightened of the Abdullah character, because, and I didn't know why, you know, so it, it was really, you know, then having that change of understanding that character and like, oh, okay, I had mm -hmm. to do the work to, to see who he was and what he was about, and then, oh, okay, he's not scary, he's just, he's rightfully an angry man and, and is trying to make change in his life and in society, you know, as mm -hmm. he, and then now watching it and realizing, yeah, okay, again, I've learned more since I was a kid, obviously. And yeah, now I can see, like, I still have a nostalgic love for this movie. I still love the comedy of it in, in its essence, but, you know, like the vibe of the movie, but I can see, like, the million things about it that are bad. <laughs> you know? I do. And, and I do think so. We, we, we talked about, you know, Joel Schumacher wrote this and he's a, a white man. Yes. The the but behind, you know, as a director, they had um, Michael Schultz, mm -hmm. uh, who who was a, a black man. I believe he's still alive. Uh, but he, you know, and he would go on to do several different movies. He did. I was looking it up. He did a movie with Richard Pryor in 77 called Grease Lightning. Oh, yeah. Um, he was the director of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band. Like he <laughs> did like musical movies. He Man. did movies featuring Richard Pryor and other you know prominent black actors. So it's it's very much like I like that they at least had that intention. Right. Because I feel like the movie would have also come off very differently if it was uh, a white writer and a white director. It would have a, a different tone. I Definitely. feel like it, yeah. I think it it had that good balance in a sense. But, um, but yeah, I just, <laughs> I don't want to be the downer. I'm sorry. No, but no, you're, no. But you're absolutely just, uh, right. You're absolutely yeah. right in what you're saying about it. And, and coming in, <laughs> I totally see how coming into this movie, watching it for the first time today, it's just not going to work. You know, there's a, or, or there's a high likelihood it's not going to work. Whereas mm -hmm. if you 
have some nostalgia for it or you can tap into the nostalgia of it even not having really seen it before then yeah there's going to be something to hold on to and be like yeah this is fun but or like joe's saying it's that hangout workplace kind of thing but yeah but but you can enjoy it on that level while recognizing this is not at all a thing that anybody would or should make today mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like yeah. we should uh, we can celebrate it as a, a a comedy movie with good music and stuff but we certainly shouldn't celebrate it as a movie that accurately represents anybody well i mean i think it was a a, a snapshot of the time and location yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but i also don't feel that like you were talking about Three's Company, I don't think, in my mind anyway, that they use Lindy as a reoccurring butt of jokes. Like, yeah, there were a couple things in there, but everyone got their due there. Um, and then talking about Abdullah and Lonnie at the end, I really appreciated that when Abdullah went back in to rob the place for retribution for being fired, that he actually does hand the gun over to Lonnie and immediately Lonnie goes to hug him and Abdullah breaks down in tears, just talking about how hard everything is. Like here are two characters that like were tough guys all throughout the movie. And like, they show this great emotion at the end. And like, you don't even really get that much these days, much less back yeah, then. So right. I super appreciated that scene at the end. Yeah. Even though it was kind of out of a step, maybe from the comedy of everything else that had preceded it. Right. And you do and- the whole Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> the uh, the whole movie, um, kind of speaking to what Andrew was saying, like I, I enjoyed it. I don't think I'd watch it again. Um, it reminded me of like a less classic Animal House. <laughs> yeah, I can <could> see that. <laughs> Where it's that. like a group of mostly dudes messing around, having fun with each other, doing inappropriate jokes, but like everybody's laughing at everybody else. Right. Um, and like I will never ever fault anybody for like nostalgically loving this movie. Like I, I get it. I, yeah. <laughs> I I get it. It's not my thing, but I can appreciate it and understand it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and yeah, and you do have. I mean, like you have the owner's son, who's kind of made fun of through the whole thing because he's <laughs> sitting that there was, reading Mao Zedong's. Like a weird bit. I yeah, don't he's know. reading Mao Zedong's little red book, whatever it's called. I can't remember. And or the red book. I uh, you know, and spouting this this communist propaganda stuff and you know whatever and and you know because but he's trying to be really deep man you know and really connect with the with the workers and all that when well, he's high the whole time yes he's and really he's high, high the whole time and he's totally <laughs> privileged because he's on a break from college and stuff whatever you know and they all know it but they're like you know in the end one of them is like because they like give him a hard time and all that but then but they're laughing you know and in the end they're like hey man you know we appreciate you being whatever, you know, like they try to make him feel a little better about everything at the end. Like, look, we know what yeah. you're trying to do. Okay. Fair enough. But, and, and I think that's because of how he reacted as a character when they hazed him and made him walk through the car wash and get soaked <laughs> yeah. and hit by the brushes. Yeah. Go through that car wash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like he could have just been really pissy about it. And instead he's like, woo, first yeah. person ever. <laughs> Uh, the only thing about him that rubbed me the kind of the wrong way, I'm like, there's no way he wouldn't have been next door at that sandwich shop the entire time because he was so high. <laughs> good point. Good point. And they, uh, and then, the, but I mean, the kind, of, the really icky thing is also there's like the the suggestion of an affair between the owner oh, and, so and Marsha, which is like, ugh, but you know, that's your personality, right? Uh, 
so there's that and then yeah and then that he's really he you know is the representative like white business owner man who's running all this thing and you know not treating the people fairly and he doesn't listen to Lonnie's ideas and you know but then and I always find that scene interesting when he comes into the locker room and tells Lonnie hey we'll sit down tomorrow and we're going to talk about this but the way he looks back at him as he leaves is like it's never going to happen I think yeah like he's just trying to assuage him I don't know I, I I liked that he came in and, and I, I liked the, the handshake they had because yes. then, then you can see Lonnie's thinking like, all right, maybe he's serious this time. Yeah. And what, I don't know, what that scene did for me was that at the very end when Abdullah comes to rob him, it yeah. kind of puts even higher pressure on him because it's like, all right, right, if he comes in the next morning and he got robbed while he was locking up, like he's he's done. Right, right. <laughs> no, no ideas, no, no discussion, like that's it. So. Right. Yeah, I just still felt like, well, I think he was just, paying him lip service yeah we'll sit down and talk about it and, and maybe they would sit down and talk about it but maybe he wasn't still wasn't gonna actually do any of what Lonnie said I don't know so see I kind of took it as like yeah he does respect me because yes. Lonnie was ready to walk away completely yeah. and he's like you know he does think I'm a man of my word I just shook on it so we're, yes. we're yeah we can do this together sort of thing well, hopefully at least I yeah. wanted to believe that yes I'd like to think it all worked out in the end but I don't know the car uh, is gone so you know I guess they didn't do that well in the end. Yeah. <laughs> Became a, a subway and a couple other things in a 7-Eleven. Uh, this had nothing to do with anything, but it was a running bit throughout the movie that I appreciated just because I am a comic book fan, but TC's whole, like, the fly thing cracked me up. It cracked me up every single time. He's such a, like, lovable dork. Yes. I did not, the one thing, all right, here's here's where I'm going to stand on my soapbox. I did not like his interaction with the girl he keeps trying to take out. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. At the, at the very crazy. end, he's just basically like bullies her, like, you're not getting anything better, so deal with it. And she's like, how sweet. I'm like, stop it. Yeah, that's, <laughs> no, no. yeah, that no, no, no. does definitely <laughs> bother me where he's, yeah, she's like, no, we went out once, I'm not into it. If, and he, if yeah, it was just... more of, um, if, I don't know, if, if he was more of kind of like a, like whiny and sniveling the whole movie, and then he finally like stands up for himself and, right. and like, I don't know, that, that would have worked better to me. But to me, he's just kind of like sleazy and smarmy the whole way. And so like the payoff doesn't really work. I don't know. Yeah. It, like, I do it's wish the he would have th- turned him down. Yeah. Yeah. Know, it's the kind of thing like if you work at a woman long enough if you like bully her long enough she'll eventually give in and yeah. go out with you and you know and it's like mm, no <laughs> i mean that's what they were trying to do with the uh the boss and uh and the woman who worked at the cashier almost like he was he kept you know badgering her oh you want to oh let's do something. well i think yeah, they, they clearly had, had a relationship guess. yeah they were yeah. having an affair already also the 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 quote-unquote handsome dude that came in was not that good looking no but he was in a <laughs> lot just... of he was in a lot of stuff in that era as the handsome oh dude. okay so he was a all 70s right, right. handsome dude like you know? a recognizable how thing. dare you right. disparage yeah. tim tellerson right tim <laughs> tim what a what he was in a tim lot tellerson. of TV shows. <laughs> i'm sure he was on the rockford files at some point <laughs> Everybody was on the after fest, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, they definitely made reference to a kind of you know an affair between those two that, like you know, yeah. yeah. But he was clearly way more into it than she was. Like oh, to right. me, it just felt like she did it just because for a while, 
And then yeah. he just got infatuated with her and she was just sort of like, yeah, if I don't have anything else at all on my list right. of million things to do, then maybe we'll hook up tonight. Well, and and I mean, when she gets this date with the handsome guy, theoretically, you know, she's like way into that and is telling then she's telling the boss like, oh, you yeah, know, I'm, you know, whatever excuse she gave him for why she wasn't available that night. Visiting you know? her sister. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so she's she's like just looking for somebody you know is the impression i get of her she just is looking for somebody and so if it's this owner guy for you know when she doesn't have anybody else fine she just needs somebody to be with you know to make her feel good yeah i this movie's just so full of like yeah, little kind of character vignettes, it seems like. Like with the kid on the skateboard and who keeps coming around and blowing raspberries at everybody, which is super annoying. Uh, I don't know. I guess there's kind of a payoff with him with his mom giving him the what for. But, uh, yeah, just kind of like little running things and then a little payoff for them and then movie over. I don't know. It's a it's an unusual... I don't. It's not I, a modern movie. Let's say that. No, <laughs> I enjoyed sure it. I wouldn't. I. I'd be. I'd watch it again. Yeah. But I'd be careful who I'd recommend it. Like if oh, somebody yeah. who's, who's been they've been through that era or wanted to feel nostalgic for that era, I yeah recommend. It. But to somebody new, I they would. Yeah. <laughs> I I think it also. It, it, it has to be with the understanding that, it's like you know, why is someone showing you this movie? Like you right. have to, right. you know, if, cause there, you know, there are some times when I've worked some low paying jobs and I had a coworker that was like, you got to check this movie out. And I watched a movie that was like horrifically racist or something. And I was just like, <laughs> Oh no, this person really believes in these things. Like right. they fully love this message. But right. I, you know, because I know all of you, like you have to like right. take, right. you know, I understand that it's like, yes, this is, we're looking at this from, you know, the film angle. We're looking at this from the time that it came out. We're looking right. at this, you know, we're, we're not saying like, wow, we really love when a male actor puts on a wig and makeup and pretends to be <laughs> right. a gay woman or something. Like right. we, we are, we're all looking at this in the, in the same way where we're kind of, you know, more open about it and uh yes and willing to take that in i did see yeah. i did, i was i just remembered i did see this in the movie theater recent fairly recently uh the new beverly theater showed a double feature of this movie and thank god it's friday which oh wow um which this was one of my childhood favorites thank god it's friday was one of my best friend michelle's childhood favorites so we went together and watched each other's movies and had it was an absolute blast of night because the thank god it's friday is just a very disco movie as well very very 70s i mean they were they were peas in a pod these two movies uh so it was it was great fun to get to see it in a theater with the better sound for the music and everything but yeah by no means are these either of those great films you know <laughs> i do i do wish um more movies ended with 
the credits the way this one did. Where oh yeah, did this was great. The, that was the, so cool. The radio DJ sang the name over a little uh, scene of them doing something. Yes, <laughs> like that's. I like that kind of credit. That's fun. It's kind of awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed that as well. The one uh, thing I wanted to do prior to this recording was I wanted to be able to go out to that corner and have somebody take a picture of me there. Wearing a deluxe car wash T-shirt, which I have discovered simply does not exist. So I am going to have to. I'm like, okay, I'm going to import uh, uh, an image of the sign from the. I was going to say you can get that made into my computer. <laughs> I'm going to trace it out and I'm going to make my own damn T-shirt because now I have to have one. Well, <laughs> you and I have a future date then because you know I love taking pictures of film yes, locations, yes, so yes. we can go trade off and and i'll oh, get a yes. little t-shirt too and we'll pose right Perfect. on that corner all we have to do is go to a show at dynasty typewriter show up a little early it's like a five minute walk so yep. <laughs> and it, actually if you take a five minute walk the other direction you can find punky brewster's apartment building too oh well there you have that and i'm sure Joe I, knows I was so locations. excited when daddy rich's car was driving up wilshire through uh macarthur park there. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, I park there sometimes, right there. Oh, my God, he's like a block from Dynasty. Like, <laughs> I was very Dynasty-centric on this one, this viewing. So, <laughs> I was really hoping they'd drive by the theater where it is now. Yeah, I kept scoping out the buildings that have, like, the signs on top of them. I'm like, yes. okay, I know where that is. I remember yes. seeing that. Yeah, definitely. But I, I have a weird thing where, yeah, I do like hanging out movies, but I also like movies set in the 70s in L.A., and the oh, yeah. 70s set in New York City, yeah. because both of them are places that just like no longer exist. They've all like Times Square is completely different now than right. what it was back in the 70s. So it just it really is kind of like a visual time capsule. Yes. So like regardless of everything else going on in the movie, it's fun for me just to watch, especially now that I live out here. And I'm like, I know where this is. I've been by this part. <laughs> right. It's just fun for me. Yeah, I, I do think there is something about like 70s and, and kind of 80s movies set in those big cities where they filmed in on location like they filmed on the streets they weren't you know right, right i think a lot of movies nowadays and even up to like 20 years ago they were filming you know toronto was doubling as uh, <laughs> new york or whatever yes, like, a lot. Yeah. and now yeah and now um you know it's like places in uh, in georgia are like just every they're just oh yeah we're in chicago and it's yeah like you georgia. just like, you just have to figure everything is filmed in georgia now yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> because it pretty so much it's just is ni- it's nice to see location it's nice to like see a physical place that is like this is real like this is where it is where it's set and everyone's talking about the place where they're at. Like, it's, yeah. that's nice. Yeah. yeah. And they clearly didn't shut the streets down. Like, that's just general traffic out there almost all of the time, it <laughs> yes. seemed like. Yeah. You could see all the people looking at Richard Pryor. And when, when <laughs> right. they, you know, they're driving and walking through people across the street. Well, he would, they would be looking at him anyway. But, you know, in, in the story and in real life. Yes. Like, yeah. It kind of worked. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. You, you can stop and watch because this guy is famous. Right. So either way. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how many cars they had to turn away and be like, we're filming a movie. This isn't a real car wash. <laughs> no washes <laughs> no. today. <laughs> the, the one thing that did kind of bother me, though, is several times after people had their cars washed, it almost seemed like they were just jumping back in their car and leaving without paying. 
like no, the Beverly Hills flip. woman. I you, they never show her go in and pay oh, or that's anything. True. It's just she didn't. Yeah, her with a kid and then she the did have the, the tip in her hand that she didn't give to the uh, other yes. guy because uh, he right. he didn't do it well enough or yes, whatever. It just kind of made me laugh. Yeah, <laughs> and I couldn't suss out like what kind of car phone thing she had it looked like a regular rotary and phone that was just sitting was, in her car she was super fancy having that in 76 mm-hmm. man that's like uh what was that tv show canon was that canon where he had one in his car and it was like whoa uh <laughs> i think that was, he was like a detective guy and yeah he had a he had a car phone uh it's pretty fancy yeah you had to be a real somebody really rich to have that <laughs> And you had to have strength. Those things were giant and heavy. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's how you know she's Beverly Hills, right? Dang, <laughs> she's got a car phone and a fancy little car like that. Oof. Thick kid. Right. And a lap full of vomit. <laughs> As she should. <laughs> yeah, I, it's still a fun movie for me, even being able to see all the things that are awful about it, you know by today's standards that always should have been our standards but uh i still like it it's just yeah now i'm gonna look at it a little bit differently yeah it seems like that we do that with almost every movie we watch though like nowadays it is very problematic and even back then it was still problematic but sometimes with this one at least i was able to acknowledge okay yes i'm seeing something that shouldn't be happening but i'm still gonna enjoy this movie yeah, and it's if you just want a really silly, stupid 1970s flashback movie, here it is. As long as you know everything that comes with a 1970s silly, stupid flashback movie. <laughs> and you get a Pointer Sisters song. Yeah, which is a great... As the Wilson Sisters. It's such a I really love that moment in the movie. It's just funky and good, you know? I like the song. <laughs> yeah, that's where you see, like, it should have been a musical roots, like, take place right there. Although I don't know if I would have enjoyed this quite as much as the musical, but yeah, I don't think I did so. like that moment. I can't imagine those guys all singing a song while they're washing cars or something, you know. <laughs> no, that's that's what the car wash song is for. And I like yes. how many times they played the car wash oh, yeah, song. Yeah, it comes back over and over and over again, and I love it, comes it every back, time. But, but, like, you don't really get sick of it, A, because the song is so long, you can play different sections of it and, like, still feel okay with it. But And it is, I do want to say, the song Car Wash, it's by Rose Royce. Uh, last thing I knew, they were still playing at some of the local swap meets. Um, there's one in Santa Fe Springs they played at a lot. And I'm very disappointed I never went to see them. But uh, in my opinion, the movie has one of the best lines in any song ever because it cracks me up every time that any song someone sings, fill up and you don't have to pay. <laughs> just, I love that move, moment. I wait for it every time I listen to this song. <laughs> Sounds like an ad. <laughs> it is. It's just, I mean, they're all singing about the car wash, coming down to the car wash, whatever, fill up and you don't have to pay. And she sings it so, I don't know, intensely. <laughs> I'm like, that's the dumbest line ever, and I absolutely love it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. 
Uh, my name's Elisa Gonzalez, and I can be found on Twitter at this Elisa. I'm Andrew Lindy, and I do other podcasts such as uh, Nothing New, a remake podcast. Every month, my co-host and I talk about film remakes. And uh, in Quest of Geek Dungeon Dive Edition, uh, that is found on the In Quest of Geek uh, podcast feed. Uh, we also stream that uh, live on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash inquestofgeek every Tuesday at eight o'clock uh, so check that out and you can find me on twitter and instagram at podcaster andrew i'm bethany brinton i'm a musician and film composer and you can find me on all of the social things at bethany brinton and we are it's on my list uh, you can find us on all the things at it's on my list pod we have a facebook group uh, you can send us an email it's on my list pod at gmail.com twitter instagram all that fun stuff get in touch I am Cheryl Jones. You can find me across social media at Speedway CJ. Uh, you can listen to five years of Movies Made Me everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Amazon Music. And yeah, I'll eventually have a new show. I'll talk about that more later when it actually happens. And I'm Joe Myers. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at that Joe Myers. I'm also the co-host of a horror podcast called The Podcast Macabre. You can find our website at podcastmacabre.com. Find our social media from there, and you can listen to us wherever you enjoy your podcast. And this has been It's On My List. <laughs>